1: you may perhaps be joining us for the very first time here online. And we have indeed for seven previous weeks, been exploring the opening statement, Jesus opening words of blessing to a a longer talk, which I'm convinced is actually a longer dialogue, a longer conversation with some folks on the side of a mountain. And you can read the whole conversation in the Gospel of Matthew, right at the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, those three chapters. But this week, this gathering finds us arriving at the eighth word of blessing, which is one that's a little hard to hear, but nonetheless is rich with, with blessing for us. Let's open our hearts to receive the words of Jesus to us.
0: Today's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses one through 12. Seeking the crowds, he went up on the mountain Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you.
1: It's so hard to live in a place like this and think of myself as being persecuted, right? I mean, I'm here at Denny Park in North Kirkland and this is just gorgeous. It's a lovely place. I enjoy my neighbors. As a church, we have so much goodwill in the community. We're really, really a blast and fortunate to, to be in this place and love and serve and seek the good together. And, but maybe when we come to these words, that's that's part of why it's hard to take them in. We've been listening in for a while now on... Jesus' conversation with those folks there on the side of the mountain, his disciples and the crowds around. We've been listening in now for seven weeks as Jesus pronounces these blessings on really the most unlikely people. The, The poor in spirit, those who recognize that they have nothing, but God gives everything. Those are the people who, the whole kingdom of heaven belongs to them Those who mourn, those who are in touch with their grief and their sadness over the brokenness of the world, they're the ones who receive comfort. That it's the the meek, those who are gentle and generous with what they do have, they're the ones that receive the whole earth. That those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness are are the ones who are filled with, hungry and thirsty for a righteousness we we simply don't have yet. It's those who are merciful who receive mercy. Those who are clean of heart who see God in the stuff of everyday life. And those who make peace, make wholeness who are known as the children of God. And yes, this week we come to perhaps the most befuddling of them all, blessed are the persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, a blessing on spiritual poverty or sadness was you know, hard enough for us to hear, but this one, I, a blessing on being persecuted Right. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wait a minute. This is the capstone, right? Jesus is is wrapping up, and he's, he's actually being really intentional here that this is a capstone. This is a summary of everything he's been saying in all eight of these blessings. And... Just to make his point, he actually begins to riff a little bit. This is the one he actually expands on. And I think it's because this one is just so hard for us to take in, now and then, that to be opposed is blast. It's so hard to wrap our minds, let alone our hearts, around. And yes, I do think it's helpful for us to hear Jesus one more time in his expansion, his his riff here, that it's not just that the persecuted for righteousness sake are blessed, but it is in fact that you, he switches from just a general statement about, you know, these people who are persecuted, now says you, y'all, any one of you and all of you who are insulted, you are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Notice Jesus puts himself in there. Be glad and rejoice. And no, I don't think it was any easier for the people at that point to hear this than it is for us. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you." and this one this one is different notice that Jesus ties this one directly to himself blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake blessed are you when people revile you because of me see the other beatitudes are pretty unrestricted those who are merciful says Jesus receive mercy there aren't a lot of conditions attached to that But this blessing is on those who are connected to Jesus, those who are opposed, not just for whatever other reason, but who are opposed because they're connected to Jesus. I think particularly of people like Amy Carmichael, who, yes, some of her suffering was sickness, but the sickness was much more extreme because she was living in India as a woman who loved the Indian people deeply and gave her life for them in the name of Jesus. I think of people like Warner Wormbrandt, who was a pastor in Romania and suffered a great deal in prison, many just harsh tortures and all kinds of suffering, because he was a pastor and led people to trust in Jesus under the communist government of Romania. I know people personally who have been opposed as Christians, living in majority non-Christian countries, and some pretty severe physical consequences, actually. And even here in the States, I've known folks, close friends of mine, who, when they decided to follow Jesus, their family, and sometimes friends, cut them off for a while. I've known people who have been opposed, who've had false things said about them. But let's be honest, we don't think of these things as blessings, do we? And we do need to emphasize this for our own heart's sake, that Jesus' pronouncement of blessing is for those who are opposed for righteousness' sake, not opposed because we're being jerks. Jesus' pronouncement of blessing is on those who are opposed because they're connected to him, not reviled or you know, spoken against because of our own emotional ill health. Uh, you know, For example, yeah, we as a church recently had our front reader board sign graffitied, and the banners in the front also got graffitied. And no, I'm not going to put pictures up. It's, it's just not that big of a deal. And, and here's where I'm going with that. The graffiti on our sign, though I don't think it was deserved on our part, given what was said on the sign, honestly, I just feel a ton of compassion for the person who was spray painting because no one would write that if they had not been deeply hurt by people who named the name of Jesus, if other people had not been jerks to them had not deeply wounded them, they almost certainly would not have written those things. (laughs) Yeah, right? Collectively as Church, capital C, that particular incident of graffiti, even if we, Inglewood Church, didn't, you know, quote unquote, deserve it, we as capital C Church almost certainly did. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about when we experience, persecution, and it's simply because we're living out the other seven character traits that he's already pronounced a blessing on for his sake. In fact, Jesus connects the mistreatment that he blesses, that God blesses. He he connects that mistreatment to the mistreatment of the prophets. And this is really clarifying, I think, for us. Because when we see the way that the prophets of God have been treated throughout history, we look at somebody like Jeremiah, who had very clear messages from God for the people, including the king and the rulers and, you know, the folks in charge and he was mistreated utterly undeservedly. Other prophets have been killed. Well, and look what happened to Jesus himself. If anyone lived out all eight of these Beatitudes, it was Jesus. And then look what we did to him. And we see this in modern day too. Yeah, Martin Luther King Jr. Right? A man with deep flaws, like we all have, spoke the truth of God into that moment of our our nation's history. And look what we did to him. When he died, he was one of the most deeply unpopular men in the United States. Prophets are always more popular when they're safely dead. And it was no different really with Cesar Chavez, no different really with Bishop Oscar Romero, no different really than with any number of other prophets of God, people who've spoken God's love and truth into a particular situation. The prophets have been persecuted, the prophets have been opposed, not because they're being jerks, not because of their emotional ill health. The prophets of God have been opposed because they spoke God's word and lived out God's character. And the example of the prophets clarify one other thing too. In every case, the opposition those prophets faced, the deepest vitriol, the physical abuse and often execution did not come from, you know, godless pagans, secularists. The deepest and most profound opposition in every one of these cases actually came from people who claimed to be part of God's family in the first place. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, They were opposed most of all by others who claimed to be part of the family of Abraham. The same is true with Jesus. It's the religious leaders who knew their Bible who most deeply opposed Jesus. More than Herod, more than Pilate. And the same is true with MLK and Cesar Chavez. And Oscar Romero, and we could go on with some other modern prophets. They were most deeply opposed by those who claimed the name of Jesus for themselves, and so it will be with us. If we are living out the other seven Beatitudes, we will be opposed most deeply, most commonly, (laughs) by others claim the name of Jesus, not by folks who are outside. You got to say this about Jesus, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. Yes, life with him is beautiful. We've seen that in the other seven Beatitudes in all kinds of other ways. Go read the Gospel of Mark or Luke, or yes, John or Matthew. My favorite is Mark and Luke. Jesus doesn't sugarcoat what will come our way. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, when people revile you and say all kinds of things falsely about you, which takes some of the sting out of opposition. Yeah, it takes some of the sting out of hard times, doesn't it? I know it does for me because when things come my way, I know that none of this is a surprise to Jesus. He saw it coming. I'm going to be okay. And so will you. Which isn't to make light of how hard things can be. But it is to say that sometimes even in this life, and not just in our life, but sometimes very short term we we see the blessing of opposition even intense opposition i know a man a vietnamese man who was put into solitary confinement in, in basically a shipping container because he was leading other people to to jesus and to hear his story how yes it was excruciatingly difficult for a, a while but came to know Jesus deeply in that cell, so much that he was able to begin to reach out to his guards who would come once a day to give him water and food, and so much so that his guards began to notice that he was being kind to them. He received the blessing of intimacy with God through his persecution. There's a story told by Michael Card about a Maasai man, an Ethiopian man, who met Jesus through the witness of some people and came to faith in Jesus and was so just overcome this good news that God himself would come and love me and just had to go back to his own people and and tell them and was savagely beaten as soon as he opened his mouth about Jesus, uh, dragged out of town, uh, left for dead, recovered enough to come back in and he'd only been a Christian for you know days and was just completely dumbfounded that other people wouldn't respond like he had responded and so he figured he, he would just say it again and, and share Jesus again with his 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 neighbors his friends his family and was beaten again and again left for Ted outside of town and miraculously recovered once more came into town was, was beaten again. And the last words he remembered in that encounter of speaking were the name of Jesus, except this time he woke up in his own bed and people crying over him as they nursed him back to health. The entire village all of his neighbors and family came to faith in Jesus because they had seen his willingness to suffer and God worked through that encounter that man received great abundant joy not in the first few minutes and not in the first few hours and not in the first few days from his suffering but pretty short term, as intense as his suffering was, he received a great reward. And yes, most of the time we see that great joy long term. Sometimes we who look back at a believer from long ago see even more clearly the good that God has brought from it. Think in our own context of Martin Luther King Jr., yeah? How much more clearly do we see the reward that is great and waiting for him than he ever saw in his own lifetime? Jesus' promise of blessing is rock solid and sure. Blessed are you who are persecuted. Blessed are all those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake when we're treated badly on account of Jesus. Which is why every one of us can be confident whatever we face in this life, whatever we give up, whatever we suffer, every single one of us who follows Jesus is going to be able to say in the end, I never made a sacrifice. My reward is far beyond what I could have ever imagined. Great is your reward in heaven, says Jesus. And in that we can walk secure. Thanks be to God.